Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Second Estate, where the search for Raven Simone's mohawk is coming along very nicely. Um, This week, we conducted an interrogation with Kelly Osborne as to whether or not the mohawk she had for a period of time did, in fact, belong to Raven. Um, Mm. After hours of intense questioning, uh, Kelly admitted she did steal the mohawk, but (sighs) not from Raven, from Pink. So, yeah, the investigation pushes on. Uh, Anyway, as always, we are your hosts. I'm Sarah Bayer. I'm Hannah Seymour. And in today's episode, we're discussing the general controversy around Australia's vaccine rollout and the international perspective on Australia still being in lockdowns, um, whether or not Chrissy Teigen needs to get off the internet and then finally reviewing the new Netflix show, Sexy Beasts. Yep. And and happy... Another week of lockdown to you, Hannah. Thank you. Happy another week of... Do you mean another week as in we're on the second week? Yeah, I guess so. I, oh, I don't okay. know. I Are thought we? we'd had confirmation that there was another another week coming. And oh, I was no. Like, no, we okay. haven't. Not as far um, as I know. Yeah. Do you think we're going to get out? I don't know. I, mm. I posed that question to my close friends list on Instagram today and everybody seemed to think that it was like a... It was going to be a easing of restrictions masks no masks outside one person per square whatever the fuck retail you know anyway yeah yeah i don't know yeah i don't really care neither do i um (laughs) we had the olympics starting this yeah week which was uh very emotional their young tunisian swimmer won his race came out of nowhere to get the gold medal uh, and I cried. It was really, oh really God. amazing. To, yeah. Sorry, you're going to like hate this, but I yeah. literally haven't – I do not care about the Olympics and have not watched anything um, I just wanted <laughs> sorry, to actually say – But that's say, quite amazing. Um, you should watch it because I really – like it's it, – that's the story that – the Olympics is about, right? It's about totally. the underdog coming up and, yeah. you know, he turns around when he finishes the That's race really and, and looks at the um, screen and realises he's won and is screaming his head off and there's no yeah. one there, only his coach. Like, he's that's the only person that's there for him. It's so emotional. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Australian favourite and everything. Cre- incredible scenes and it yeah. really does bring the world together. I think it uh, sport is a great uniting pastime of the globe. I agree. I just don't think I'll be involved. You don't have to in be. That, you know, <laughs> um, I just as as long as like the, I don't care if people don't don't invest in and watch, but I just hate people hate it when people are like, "Oh, sports sucks. Why would you watch ten men run around chasing a ball?" No, I it's totally like, understand. No, I I don't like that either. I also just think like let people enjoy things. Mm. Um, I like like if sports is on. Yeah, me sports. It's sports. nondescript miscellaneous <laughs> yeah. sports. If it's, I like going physically to the footy. Mm-mm. One because I like footy, and two, so I actually fun. understand the game. Yeah, totally. Make me watch cricket, rugby, yeah, golf. Obviously, of all things, anything mm. like that that I don't one don't understand. That's slow paced. I yeah. literally that's repulsive to me. Yeah, I understand people like it though, so I'm not gonna like knock it. But that's also but like, it's like 
you're not saying all sport. Like sports yeah. are for dumb people. Like people who yeah. are like, I hate sport. I'm like, do you also hate yeah. music and movies? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't hate sport. I just don't have a great interest in it. That's okay. Um, but I can definitely appreciate the impact of of sport. Um, yeah. So yeah, can, this is, should we make shout this a sport? Sport. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to sport. Um, Me, someone um, who has never played sport in my life. Just shout out to shout out to sport. I love sport. Shout out to sport. Um, no, um, shout out to a Medhef now either young Tunisian. Yeah, I'm very that. I'm very happy really that that happened. I'm happy for you. That's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had a lot we, to do with it. You did oh, yeah, personally um, sending him DMs. <laughs> yeah. Encouraging him. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's start. Okay. <clears throat> so, it's been a while since uh, we have touched on COVID as an actual topic on the podcast, uh, but this week we felt. Um, things really came to a head in terms of the coronavirus situation in Australia, uh, particularly with the freedom rallies uh, held across the country over the weekend. 18 months into the pandemic, or whatever it's been, um, while the rest of the world reached vaccination targets and are starting to open up, Australia has three states with roughly, I think, 13 million people in lockdown again, with Sydney in particular being crippled uh, with numbers in the 160s, I think, were occurring several days last over the last week. Um, out of this new wave, six people have died and many more people with an increased number of young people have been hospitalised. Attention has turned to the federal government over the botched vaccine rollout, including the flip-flop in advice over the AstraZeneca vaccine and onto our country in general in terms of where our COVID strategy fits in globally. Hannah. Where would you like to start with all of this? Um, I guess we should preface this segment by saying that neither of us are political experts or experts in really anything at all. So I don't speak I, for yourself, but that's fine. Yeah, yep. I'm personally not. <laughs> yep. So take everything. Wait, that are we you say. saying medical experts or politi- you political? You said political. Oh. Yeah, political. Oh, and medical. Sorry. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought that's what you I meant. I was hoping medical was also included. Uh, no, yeah. just experts in, in this realm. So just take all of this with a grain of salt. Please don't take... Hey, we have a right to vote. Like our vote yeah, is just, I just as mean, good like, as anybody else's. I, I don't want people to think like, oh, I'm. Well, the girls in the second state said this, so I better go get the AstraZeneca. Like, yeah. Well, they actually, won't be after what I've had to say, but yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Anyone like, fucking tell us gets angry at me for being anti-vax. Um, I feel like you're really not the type of person to be anti-vax. But anyway, yeah. um, yeah. So anyway, point is like, just don't. To assume that we're experts because I know you assume we're experts because we give off that vibe, but um, yeah. we're not. So anyway, um, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Should we talk about vaccines? Yeah, let's talk about the vaccine because I think yeah. that leads into every other fucking thing. Yeah, what are your vibes with right. AstraZeneca? Um, I like. I'm not even gonna lie. I know that I've seen so many fucking people on like TikTok and Twitter being like, "Why do you think that you're, you know?" Uh, emotional reaction to the vaccine is any is valid when scientists are literally saying it's safe or medical professionals are literally saying it's safe and you know there's almost so many people saying like i've seen you do ketamine on the weekend and you won't take astrazeneca or what you know the covid vaccine like there's a lot of arguments like that and i'm like some decisions in life aren't just purely logical decisions some of them are emotional decisions Mm -hmm. or yes decisions based off of vibes (laughs) vibes <laughs> and, and um, unfortunately vaccines are one of them i know yeah, that i just it don't might like not. astrazeneca's vibe so i 
don't like AstraZeneca's <laughs> vibe. <laughs> no, it's like every part of you, I think, logically is like this is completely safe. The odds are so low, especially comparatively looking at things like birth control, I don't know, incidents of dying in a car crash, like all yeah. of these random things that I've seen it compared to. But it doesn't – obviously the government rollout and the changing in advice hasn't helped. And it is mm-hmm. a legitimate concern and I fucking cannot stand this really intense rhetoric and people's response um, in regard to how people are a little bit nervous to get this particular vaccine, not the vaccine overall, not the rest of them, but I do think it's it's fair enough. It's it's fair. I I think my I'm have I'm very excited because I had my my proper doctor consultation today <laughs> to get, and I'm booked in to get the AstraZeneca vaccine. Have so you told the story on the podcast? No, I haven't. Happened? So, <laughs> so. I accidentally, so everybody, I'm going to get the AstraZeneca vaccine. I've been planning that for probably a month now. Like I wanted to get it. And based on my research and and also just based on what the doctor actually said to me today is that they're, I'm going to go on a tangent here, but I personally think that the government has really bungled their messaging around AstraZeneca because originally it was fine. Then they stopped young people from getting it. And now, because I know not everyone knows this, but you can go and see your doctor, have a consultation. They give you the pros and cons of the AstraZeneca and the Pfizer, and then you can make an informed decision whether or not you want to get AstraZeneca if you just don't want to wait. The thing is, there's questions around when Pfizer is going to be available for Mm. young people and also just like whether they'll actually have enough Pfizer. Yeah. And so my frustration is like, generally, as far as most medications are considered, AstraZeneca is very safe. It's like three, I think three in 100,000, which to some people, it might sound like a fair bit, but I was reading about it and your likelihood of dying from blood clots caused by AstraZeneca is about the same as getting struck by lightning. Yeah. So it's like. Also, like if any, shout out to anyone who has been on Yaz or Diane, two of my favourite pills that i've been on both of them that's like one in 500 it's something like it's much more dangerous you're more (laughs) if you've been on the contraceptive pill you were more at risk of getting blood clots from that than from astrazeneca Mm. and i know we've all heard this stuff Mm. but i guess my frustration is i get why people are like i want to wait but at the same time it's frustrating because we know this information so in reality to me it seems like okay well the government should have released that information but gone you can you should still get it like if you if you Mm. haven't had if you don't have anaphylaxis, if you don't have a prehistory of blood clots, you're probably going to be fine. And you should be able to walk into a vaccination hub and get it. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I understand why people don't want to have to book in an appointment with their GP, talk to someone. It's it's a bit, you don't know, you can't do it at all GP clinics. Um, you might want to see your personal GP and not necessarily want to see someone you haven't seen before. I get why there's all this fear around it. I personally am going to get the AstraZeneca and I would really encourage other people who are thinking about it to just, like I think you can just see your GP and talk to them about it if you want to. But the story that happened to me was that so fucking funny. I did the AstraZeneca like thingy where you can go online and see if you're eligible. And then I went and looked at it showed, links you through to like all the different clinics that you can go to um, who are providing the AstraZeneca vaccine. So I just chose one near my house. I'm not going to name and shame, but um, I, I chose no, I, I chose a particular doctor. And um, ignored all of the Google reviews that one saying, I have it written down, 
uh, this doctor was described as not only the worst um, doctor I've ever met, but the worst person I've ever met, which is a lot. Um, you know, this person, the doctor in some Google reviews had been accused of like abusing patients in the waiting room. So just like really full on stuff. Anyway, this particular doctor basically dressed me down. Like I was meant to have, I didn't, they didn't book me in for a consultation. They just booked me in for a dose. And I sat there while she was like, it's not safe. You can't do it. It's not safe. We don't recommend it. And I was like, why was I booked in to come in here? And then um, when I said, oh, I was under the impression that the government was allowing young people, we just, they just had to have a phone co a consultation. She was like, yeah, well, that's wrong. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And she was like, yeah, this is your consultation. And just then pushed me out the door and that, that was it. So um, you weren't actually allowed to get it. I wasn't allowed to get it. And I was just like, um, why is this on the government website? And why did no one who, when the receptionist asked how old I was, I'm 24. Anyway, it's I just, hate this story because it's so like, it's literally the worst possible scenario if you're someone like a bit unsure about getting well, the AstraZeneca. This is the thing, right? Yeah. This is, this is, and like, I, I think this, this is what I mean by the vibes. Like, I know this, yes. this is terrible and logically I am completely 100% on board. Like, no one get me wrong. And I, you know, probably will, will like reconsider things. I haven't actually really, to be honest, had a proper sit down and thought about it. Yeah. But like, when that time comes, um, it is does 100% logically make sense to get AstraZeneca and know that there's not going to be it, likely any side effects. Uh, but it is this thing of like media probably blowing it out of proportion, the federal yeah. government advice just like back and forth on that, GPs having their own two cents weighing in like in your experience. The worst is, person, not only the worst doctor, but the worst person. Person um, on earth. But it yeah. is like an extremely, it, it just adds to this major sort of blanket of confusion. Um, yeah. And I don't understand. I think what makes this worse is if you're not reading every single news article about right. this stuff, it's very hard to actually know what is contextually going on and put things in a box properly, if that makes sense. Like Totally. You hear Kevin Rudd had to get involved to get Pfizer, right? He called the CEO. He's, so Kevin Rudd's getting involved to get Pfizer. So that kind of makes you think, okay, the government are completely, the current government, maybe not past ones, but the current government are inept at rolling out a vaccine. Yeah. So w what is and isn't safe? You know, logically, obviously, you know, but it, it's kind of a weird thing emotionally to be like grappling with I suppose for a lot of people to yeah. understand I don't know it's it's a it's been royally fucked because everybody in the yeah. UK has got AstraZeneca and ha they haven't had this kind of media swell and these issues as far as I know um, there are there are some other countries um England the UK isn't one of them but there are a lot of European countries all who have significantly higher vaccination rates than right. Australia but there are other countries I think Germany and like France don't quote me on that I know there's mm. a few that and Israel all have AstraZeneca but they have barred people I think under the age of 50 from getting it right so other countries have done it that being said they've probably had also ample amounts of the Pfizer <laughs> yeah. Moderna to give young people so we're in a position where young people literally can't access a vaccination mm. if they want to. The other thing there, sorry, I'm going on a fucking rant because I'm no, so angry fine. about this, but it's like I work in hospitality. So I'm facing, I know I'm not super at risk because I don't work in a hospital or in healthcare, mm. but I'm facing people every day, even yeah. in lockdowns, people who refuse to wear masks. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, rise up, I kings. want, rise up, I'm kings. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, but I'm just like, I should, I want to be able to get vaccinated, which I can. That's why I'm making that decision. Yeah. But it's like, there are heaps of people who are, still are at risk who yeah, totally. can't get the vaccination that is being recommended to well, them because the, it's not available yet. I think that's the yet. thing. Pfizer is still the recommended vaccine yeah. for people under 50. So you're like, oh, cool, I'll, I'd rather get the recommended one just because, like, that feels a little bit better. Yeah. And, and they're like, you no, can't. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, what the fuck? You know, and you Google it and you read that there's all of these scientists now. Um, and also, sorry, just shout out to Pranice Medical Clinic, who I saw today. Fucking one of the best doctors I've spoken to. I can't remember his name, but he was great. Um, <laughs> he must have been really good. <laughs> he was really yeah. good. He was really good. Um, but he, like, Proved gave my me theory, th- right, that you know about my theory with male doctors. But anyway, keep going. Oh, yeah, honestly. Um, people are going to really question what you mean by that. I'm not saying um, it publicly. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so he was great, though, and he gave me all the information. And the other thing is, it's like, they don't know... 100% yet, but with the Pfizer, there is some information coming out about, like, they ha- it can result in heart problems. So, like, That's there's cool. going to so get neither, everybody. Get neither. <laughs> no, there's going to be issues with every vaccine. I just think the AstraZeneca one, it's, like, well proven that the blood, blood clot thing can happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess so people know, like, the dire situation we're in. I read multiple different statistics according to the conversation 69 percent of adults in the uk have had both shots yeah right um if you google it it just says 55 percent. still over half yeah in australia 12 percent are fully vaccinated it's like well that but that puts it into perspective regardless of the vaccine regard that and that debate between astrazeneca yeah. and pfizer the, yeah. i think the key issue is the fact that nobody is vaccinated yeah um you know 12 percent of the population when you're looking at places like the uk potentially over 60 percent america i think is quite high as well at yes yeah. i think it's this... about the same if not more yeah, they've had they're... a very you look now sorry i'm interrupting you but no, bloomberg has right. actually backtracked or not even backtracked they've just changed the rankings on yeah, right. the best places to be at the moment in terms of covid america's like Number five, and Australia's number right. seven, purely because we keep going into lockdowns and we have a very low vaccination uptake. So, so. And, and this actually leads really well into sort of the, the second part of what we wanted to talk about with the mm. coronavirus response, but there has been a lot of uh, media sort of coverage in the last few weeks, particularly when Melbourne went back into that lockdown like a two months, yeah. whenever that other one was recently. Last week? And then, like, yeah, last, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. And then Sydney's one, obviously. Yeah. The international reaction to our COVID response has really flipped because it used yeah. to be we are so jealous of Australia. In our summer, their winter, mm. we were killing it. We had no COVID. We were all out about no masks, massive crowds at the footy. Life was great. No one was getting vaccinated. Um, but it didn't matter because we didn't have COVID. And then the Delta strain or whatever yeah. has reared its ugly head. Ms. Delta. Ms. Delta's come on through. Um <laughs> Fashionably late and fashionably late, fucking queen shit. Yeah, queen sisters shit. are doing it for themselves. <laughs> exactly, and she's completely fucked our strategy, I suppose. Yeah, and she's changed the game for female entrepreneurs um, <laughs> wanting to make their mark on the world. So. Yeah, she has one hundred percent. Everybody knows her name. Uh, and what has it yep. been? A month that she's been around. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, unheard of. Really, it is unheard yeah. of. Like, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, Olivia <laughs> Rodrigo is shaking at yeah. her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just yep. think like 
the it, it's really tricky because in America, particularly, they're criticizing our reaction <laughs> to. I know they're criticizing our sort of continued use of lockdowns to beat COVID and yeah. what have you. Because I, I particularly saw this one tweet that was flabbergasted at the fact that you know they were putting a million people or whatever in sydney into lockdown over one one death like they couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it but to us one death is quite a big deal to them yeah it's nothing they can never go back to being zero cases america it's too far gone for them so it's like they can never have the strategy that we have which is whatever it was extreme suppression is that what it is i don't know if that's what it's called but yeah they can never have they could never have it unless the whole country went to a six-month lockdown at this stage so for the rest of the world it's an insane overreaction the way that we do it but we've created a society in which i don't know we're not desensitized to the deaths yet or to the cases yet but it begs the question of like how long how long does that continue is that a viable yeah. way I, and i don't i'm not saying it is or isn't i'm just like who's gonna be on the right no, side of history? and i don't think we want to become desensitized of to the deaths not. because i think for the for the most part our government's you know approach to this has saved people's lives and allowed totally. ensured that when our hospitals aren't overrun and our healthcare system's been able to cope um but i think you're right in the sense that now it kind of feels as though it's impossible to see a way out of this particular system that we've created Mm. because of the vaccine rollout. And then even with the vaccine rollout, you look at countries like the UK and the US who have really gone hard with vaccinations. They're still having thousands of cases a day. Mm. And with the Delta strain, if you've looked at the curve, it's started spiking again. So if you look at- She's really big in, in- the UK. The UK, yeah. yeah she's, she's made it her mark there, definitely. Yeah. Not as much she's as She's like Kylie like, Minogue, sort of, like, yeah. really big in the UK for some reason. Yeah. Don't know about the US. We'll, we're yet to see. Yeah, yet to break the market. No, I think yeah. she has, actually. I, no, I think she has. She's big everywhere. I mean, it's, yeah. that's pretty unique for, like, Kinda, a... Like a Michael Jackson type. Yeah, mm. totally. Um, like a female Michael Jackson, but, like, more successful than Janet. Yeah. Anyway, so people were saying... Um, what am I... I'm sorry, I'm re- I derailed that. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. uh, people were not saying anything. Cases are rising in the UK. But yeah. my notes say people were saying cases are rising in the UK. I'm like, no, they are. Um, anyway, and yet the UK, if people don't know, they had Freedom Day, I think it was last Monday, where they just completely opened up. <laughs> They're just like, peace, whatever. Um, you can do whatever you want and let's yeah. just see if it works when you know they're not fully vaccinated but they've got a pretty high vaccination rate and people are freaking out because i think it was about 40 percent of hospitalizations i'm not sure over how long it's been but Mm. in the past month or whatever have been double vaccinated so what they people are thinking like oh my god people are still being hospitalized even if they're vaccinated and the cases are spiking but but what's comforting um it's a great conversation article. I apparently mm. I only read the conversational in conversation in preparation for this. But yeah. you compare this spike to the spike in December 2020. So there were similar average daily cases. Mm. And back then, about 3,800 people were being admitted to hospital with COVID. And now the average in the UK is 700. So, yeah, okay. That's pretty. The pretty issue good. is, though, is I guess that's like, that's great. It's still 700 people going to hospital well, into yeah. ICU, which you really don't want. But I agree with you that it's like, if that was happening in Australia, 700 people being admitted yeah. to, and it's obviously never going to be that high because we just don't have the same population as mm. the UK. But do we have to eventually 
let it out something well this is the thing is that, like, I, I don't know i like, don't know i, I want to know i want i want like some time traveler to come back and be like fyi in the history books the people that were proved <laughs> on the right side of history were because the, it's i don't think that there's any sort of playbook for this like no. there is no this is i know people always say it but it is unprecedented like the reaction from the public in terms of you know people at these fucking freedom rallies or whatever yep. they're called that is a, just a genuine reaction to a circumstance in which nobody has seen before. I don't know if it's yep. necessarily the most morally correct or, uh, you know, le- least selfish option, but it is It is just a reaction that people are having. People, it's, We've never seen this before. There's no sort of roadmap necessarily that people can be confident will uh, will end it from, you know, will end at. Mm-hmm. That made no sense, sorry. But no, anyway, I, I get it what was, you're saying, yeah. It's an extremely difficult situation and we're at this like precipice now i think in australia where there's a decision to be made of like okay is lockdown the way we manage it forever (laughs) or like what what's i know that scott morrison i think is coming out with the roadmap out of COVID or whatever it's going to be called it's being kept quite hush hush at the minute because there's going to be i think concrete targets or I'm cons- sorry, I just think Daniel Andrews should probably manage that one. Yeah, I think he should too. But I think, <laughs> I'm like, sorry, Scomo. I, I, think- I don't trust that man with literally anything. No, I don't trust it, him. Not even to make a marketing point. strategy, to be honest. Like, no, fuck I- no. Well, he couldn't even call Pfizer. Why did- I, just, I still don't understand that. I, I don't but understand any- what he does. Yeah, like, I don't either. But or I his just- government, if you don't want to blame him, because I know he, like, it, yeah. he's a figurehead. But like, uh, the fuck are they doing? What have they done? What have they done I don't besides know. JobKeeper and then cut JobKeeper well, when we still fucking need it? Well, I think this is a massive issue as well of mm. why so many people taking to the streets and are so yeah. uh, aggressively over lockdown yeah. is because there is no – this safety net's gone as well. So things – people are getting desperate, like quite desperate. Yeah, and I think um, on that note what's really interesting is like the Batuta Advocate, I sent this to you the other day, but oh, yeah. the Batuta Advocate obviously is satirical, had a couple of takes on the rallies or whatever you want to call them in Sydney and Melbourne sort of suggesting that the bungled vaccine rollout and extended lockdowns as a result of that and then also no job keeper payments are partially to blame for these rallies and people were really angry. Like, uh, And I honestly, I'm going to pe- – People might come for me for this, but, like, I don't know why because... Yeah, I agree. I don't necessarily think that... They're still criticising the government, and I think the fact that we don't have JobKeeper is hugely to blame because you don't, like, not everyone gets to be upper middle class, Mm -hmm. you know, can rely on their parents' income or their current income that they're getting because their job hasn't been completely fucked by COVID. And you don't, you know, I'm sure many people at those rallies... Have no are on the bones of their ass. Don't have any money because JobKeeper is being cut. Like it's un. I and get that you want to condemn them, and I think it was incredibly irresponsible behaviour. But like at the same time, it's like we're not in a perfect situation here. And like exactly. you said, this is um, unprecedented. So what, no, one hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. I think yeah. you. It's a slippery slippery slope for people as well going from okay, I have literally no income, and I have I cannot work because of government. Mm. Uh, directives and I also can't get vaccinated and so I'm in a situation where I have no one to look to for any sort of um answer I suppose there are no answers and I think that's really alarming for people so that's why people turn to weird conspiratorial shit online yeah it's why I'm sorry to interrupt you but they're looking at the US and the UK who were just opening up 
fully, you know, large portions of the population who are vaccinated and looking at us and going, what the fuck? You know, yeah. so I think look, this a, is a lot a no- of these people obviously anti-vax, but yes, this is not to justify yeah. that behavior because obviously it's fucked and I do not agree with that sentiment in the slightest, mm. I think. And I think that the conspiracy theories around the vaccination and COVID are completely bullshit. And I yeah, don't think insane. that doing what they did is warranted. But I think being angry about our situation mm-hmm. now is warranted. So Definitely. You, you can see how people get there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Should we move on? on? Yeah, let's move on. Okay. Okie dokie. So uh, the perpetually online Chrissy Teigen is once again in the news uh, the last few weeks. First for posting a photo of on Instagram where in the caption she described her internal monologue as part of what she calls the cancel club and asked if, if you or someone you know has also been canceled, please let me know if there's a cancel club reunion because I could use some time off my couch. And then after this, uh, she increased her online presence by posting ads for her products, stories <laughs> uh, of her and her family cooking and a post honoring her dog that unfortunately passed away. Um, today, we wanted to discuss the, the Cancel Club post, her uh, kind of return to social media and Chrissy's general inability to get off the internet. Hannah, what are your thoughts on this? I have several, several thoughts. Um mm. Uh, firstly, I don't believe that Chrissy Teigen needs to get off the internet or be cancelled permanently. Mm. But I do believe she needs to stop being so annoying and victimising herself. Yeah. Um, which may sound harsh, but I it feels as though this thing has happened to her and she can't stop talking about it or even just take a break from the internet or just, like, talking about it as though it's the cancel club. It's just a little bit like, oh, my God, cry me a river. I know how hard this must be, but, like, mm. honestly, is she just, like... Didn't post, even if she kept posting and didn't post about that, yep. people would fucking forget. Like, don't post about the cancellation thing and people wouldn't care. It's uh-huh. like you, and in accompaniment to that, um, her doing the whole cancel club post, then following it up with the whole thing about her dog dying. Yeah. Directly after. And then the next post was about her new seasonings as part of her cravings line. So <laughs> is that like the pipeline, the social media pipeline now? It's like get cancelled, immediately need something for people to feel sympathy for you for, sell product. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is I that think what so. it is? And like I feel bad saying this because I saw a lot of comments on that particular post from like pretty significant people, including my Queen Paris Hilton, and them being like, we love you, Chrissy, like you've only ever been kind to us. And like I don't necessarily disagree with those things. I don't mm. think that Chrissy needs to be – while what she did was wrong, I don't necessarily think she needs to be – ousted from the internet and never be able to like I think she should be able to come back and flourish and enjoy her life but it's like the way that she's writing about this and Mm. do way she's approaching it makes me feel icky and and irritated by her I agree yeah I just think I I actually I I agree with you I felt real sympathy for her during the initial stages of like her cancellation or whatever because I understand everyone does things they're not proud of and we've never we talked about this but we've never really navigated a world where those missteps are complete public knowledge before. Yeah. But her inability to just take a step back, chill out and allow people to just get over their outrage and that outrage cycle is like yeah. a week. So it yeah. wouldn't have been that long. It's starting to erase like any sort of goodwill or a sympathetic sentiment I yeah. think that a lot of people have had for her. Yeah. Um and yeah, look, the, the cancel club thing was just in such bad, bad taste. In bad taste, right? Because it feels as though it's minimizing the idea. Like, does she realize is Harvey Weinstein in the cancel club? 
Yeah, like who's yeah who's, who's in, in it? In you know, is club. like what's yeah. his face? The one that got released from prison. The one that we wanted. Oh, Bill Cosby. Yeah. Bill Cosby, is he in the cancel club? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what What are you referring to here, babe? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I find her, it feels as though making that post about it is minimising, like, she's had her long, heartfelt apology and all that stuff, which I honestly thought was sincere. I agree. Um, And now she's saying this, and it's like, it kind of sounds like you just want everything to go back to normal and you don't want to have to deal with this anymore. And I'm like, I totally get that, but I don't know. It just felt weird. It's just no, strange. And I've never seen someone who's been quote-unquote cancelled sort of react in this way. Well, I just think it's like, yes, obviously it's a bizarre phenomenon, weird place to find yourself as an individual. Yeah. But, like, if if being cancelled or whatever is not a sign that you shouldn't be posting every random thought you've ever had about anything online, then what is? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She just craves... Like any constantly posting, yeah, constantly. It's, it's, it's like you. It's strange. She went from being cancelled or whatever mm. you want to call it to just immediately posting constantly again photos of the kids, photos of her and her husband. Yeah. It's a photo. She's also very public about her, you know, um, her loss. Yes, um, which in some ways I think is is you know, there's something to be said for doing that. As in, I know people who have also perhaps gone through those experiences might. F- find not solace but maybe find solace yeah, yeah. In, in somebody else going through that but at the same time it's like she is she publicizes everything mm-hmm. and you you're right I think you'd think after such an experience like this that maybe she'd just like take a step back and reassess but it feels like she just is literally like okay I want this to all go away it, and I'll st- just immediately do what I was doing before well it's like she needs a, a response to her existence she needs right. something to justify her existence. It's almost like she, Chrissy Teigen is kind of weirdly um, a case study or for a person that I don't think anyone really thought actually existed outside of like <laughs> a doomsday prediction of the future of people's brains or whatever. Yeah. She seems to literally just exist and feed off of a social media feedback loop to survive. I agree. Something very awful, you've done something bad, you know, I don't agree with cancellation necessarily, but you've done something bad. People have gotten angry about it. The internet is now quite a toxic, awful place for you to be on for whatever reason. Why be on it then? At, like to the extent that she is and feeding into feeding in feeding the sharks or whatever. I, I don't know. Like she is a monster. Yeah. She's interacting with the cancellation. Do, like it's like if you right. okay be separate to it then if you're that desperate to be on the internet and your identity is so uh, contingent on being online, why interact with the thing that make makes you feel so awful? I don't get it. I don't. It's very destructive. It's it's weird. It's, it's no. It's weird and it's disturbing to watch in a way because mm. I don't know if you remember, but I think it was shortly before this whole thing with Courtney Stodden unfolded, which mm-hmm. is what sort of sparked this most recent cancellation yeah um but she had decided to go to get off twitter and delete yeah, her twitter. yeah 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 and then she was back in like a week yeah which to me suggests that she's fully can't get off and yeah and what's so strange about that is it does make you wonder like what is this person like as a person when she's just at home mm. like does she is she glued to her phone like and i feel bad saying that because i'm glued to myself so- yeah, my same. phone. like so same. am i i'm not i'm just not as like 
public as Chrissy Teigen yeah. or famous or, you know, beautiful. But, um, <laughs> but um, I do, like, it does make you wonder what she's like and also about her inability to let go of this thing for just a little bit. It's just not pots. Mm. Like, you can even still just scroll on Instagram, but she just yeah. needs to be on there and public as well as the fact that, like, she definitely doesn't, you know, need the money. It's not like mm. this is her income. She's not an influencer. Like, she has actual product lines, and, yeah. which I know she needs to publicise online, yeah. but also her partner's, her husband is John Legend. So Yeah, exactly. You know? I think, <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just, in many ways I feel kind of bad for her because I do, like, so do I. you see it and it's almost like watching an an addiction like it's it's very yeah. it's yeah, it kind is. of sad feels um, like someone who's really falling apart yeah or, it, it's sad i mean yeah. maybe we're completely re- like you know um over analyzing dra- 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 yeah analyzing and dra- dramatizing yeah. the whole thing and maybe she is totally fine she just likes posting shit online and like she's actually chill with her kids and her husband which is probably the case i <laughs> hope that's the case um, i do too yeah. it but it she's present I think it's what she sweet. thinks she's presenting in the, to the world isn't necessarily how it looks. Yeah, and why court the drama? Like, you could have just moved on. You could have just yeah. posted the cravings post. You didn't have to post live from the cancel club. People would it's be Chrissy happy Teigen. for you to, like, let go of this constant yeah. publicising. Because the other thing is about what she does is that, you know, every time I go to choose topics for our podcast every week, I use eOnline um, yeah. just as one of the various celebrity news publications. There is always without fail at least she's one or something. two yeah. things about her that are completely mundane but it's about something she's posted it's always about something she's posted it's like she's if she just stopped posting or just reduced her posting she'd mm. be f- far less um overexposed and maybe she doesn't care but i get the vibe that she does so yeah that's i, I think that's the thing it, it seems as if she cares about the reactions she's getting but it's within her power to not get those reactions yeah did you see also, I, I was actually quite disappointed in this, um, but Safely, her collab cleaning brand with Kris Jenner, she's like no longer part of Safely. Oh, that seems Which, unnecessary. It seems a bit unnecessary and like potentially, even though it says, looks like she's stepping back, she also hasn't like, she's still, a, you know, people still like her. Like you, she's getting yeah. she gets heaps of engagement. There's so many comments of support. Like people would still buy her products and you look at the comments on it and people, a lot of people like, I was only here for Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. This is really disappointing. It's also disappointing because it's like, you know, what role does Chris Jenner have in going, she's out? Yeah. Which is just it's a bit a like, huge... wow, are you not yeah. friends enough to like be forgiving? And obviously we don't know the background. Maybe Chrissy mm. was just like, I don't want to be part of this. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I found that a bit jarring. Seems like a big overcorrection. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, should we move, move on? on? Yeah. Okay. So before we go to our final story for this episode, uh, just a word from our sponsor. This episode was proudly brought to you by the Foundation for the Investigation into Why Nikki Webster's Life Makes Me So Sad. <laughs> what? Yeah. I just find her really sad. Why? She had a hit song. I know, but, like, I feel like she probably wanted it to, like, keep going. and then well, she just... was on The Masked Singer. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I mean, no That's hate. That's huge my favorite show i don't know and i feel like i feel bad saying that because i i really have a i feel for nikki webster i'm sure she's fine but like i just does she have to kids? go for, i think she has a daughter yeah cool good on her yeah 
Uh, the reason this came to mind was because people are like trying to petition for her to perform at the Brisbane Olympics. <laughs> that because she be performed really at the Sydney Olympics. <laughs> that would be in, fucking like, great. Yeah. You should. She deserves it. All right. Should we move on? Yeah. 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 Okay. You may have seen a new and completely bonkers show previewed on your Netflix homepage called Sexy Beasts. The show is a fast-paced dating show where one person dressed up as a beast, so it might be like a mouse, a dolphin, a ghoul, a demon, you know, has to date and then choose between three other beasts of the opposite gender to be their sexy beast. Um... Now, the idea is that we're all too shallow and by taking looks out of the equation, we can see whether we can form, you know, more meaningful bonds with people without being able to see them. It's basically like a far more absurd version of the Netflix show Love is Blind, where you literally cannot see people. You just hear their voices, whereas here you can like still see their bodies. They're just Hmm. their whole head is masked in something. Um, Yeah. Now, I didn't realise that this is actually a Netflix remake of a BBC show that aired on in 2014 um, yeah. for one season, but the new Netflix version has been critically panned, um, so naturally we decided to put in our two cents. Um, Sarah, to begin, what are your initial thoughts on Sexy Beasts? Um, I like good, trashy reality TV. I love okay. it. Um, there are great examples of this. Love Island, The US Bachelor, Millionaire Matchmaker, R- Real Housewives. Um, this is absolutely not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me upset. Okay. It, it, like I really I struggled. I really struggled. The episodes are 20-minute eps. Could have convinced me they went for four hours. It was. They do feel longer than um, twenty minutes. They're tw- yeah, twenty minute eps. It's very tightly edited, which means you get absolutely no context towards any pe- anyone's decision making, <laughs> um, nor their personality. It, it is too fast and also way too slow. I, I really didn't enjoy it. <laughs> what, what did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, really, it was so bad though. Yeah, but I like I enjoyed it just as like complete stupidity and i know that what you're saying about the fact that you know you want to watch stupid tv that's like also actually good good. but for me i don't think i can tell the difference i think i'm just like i just found it entertaining to be honest because i think the people in it were so awful and embarrassing which made it more entertaining for me um and i just was curious about watching what would happen one thing I think I would love to see is um, it, it extended so it's an actual full dating show, like The Bachelor, except <laughs> except everyone's in these things. Because then I think you would have – because I think the problem with the format now is that um, it's so – you know, one, you don't know if the person is on there to, like, find love or if they – No, there's absolutely no context. No, so they're on there and then they have three people to choose from and they go on like two dates within the same day. And then mm. also some of the winners are like one person from the US and one person from the UK. And there's no sort of suggestion that long distance might be an issue. So it's yeah. sort of – you get the idea that at the end there's like no real outcome. Whereas if you watch something like Too Hot to Handle or The Bachelor, the suggestion is that people are going to really try and make it work um, on the other side. So – I guess it might be interesting to have a show like just literally The Bachelor, but everyone's in prosthetics. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess, yeah, there's an argument to that. I think so. there's so many issues with this show, um, like countless issues. I think they clearly shot everything 
in like each episode either in one or two days because I assumed they didn't want to pay the makeup artists to do. It was one day. Yeah, I assumed you them it was saying one day. They're on, it's on the same day. Okay, yeah. I assumed it was because I was Obviously looking at this. Obviously, they're not going to They did not pay for prosthetics for more than one day. There's absolutely no way because the budget yeah. was extremely low. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, anyway, um, I was like, why is this shot in the UK? What tax break did they get for this? Weird because uh, um, so many of the cast were American. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was, yeah, maybe Sexy um, Beast's Manor is the original <laughs> Sexy Beast's Manor from BBC. That's my favourite part is that it's called Sexy Beast's Manor. Oh, it's just the, I think the, the host or the, the VO voiceover was trying to be like the Love Island voiceover but missed the mark entirely and was really? just. Really? Yeah, oh, my God. I was just sitting there with a straight face like this is the least funny thing I've ever heard in I my life. I thought it was funny. Life. I, have, you haven't Rob, watched Rob, Love Island though, have you? No, but I was going to say – um, they do it on Desiree Birch does a narration for The Circle and Too Hot to Handle yeah. and it's the same style of narration which makes those shows good like honestly the narration is what for me like yeah. I think makes it good is because the narrator is watching it it's like they're watching it with you yeah. and reacting sort of in real time to the stuff that's happening I found the guy on um, on Sexy Beasts funny for me yeah. I think that's probably what made some of it funny also some of the people I found extremely I think Funny. the casting was, <clears throat> yeah, bizarre. I mean, it, they didn't have a choice. They had to cast like really sort of crazy, odd people and weird people because there were you couldn't get invested in any sort of narrative of any yeah. kind. <laughs> so you just had to be like quite shocked at their behaviour, I guess, or their, um, uh, yeah, I think I also uh, think that they could have done with, if they really wanted to make it, something it was just so flat it was empty there was nothing it, they, they needed a host they needed an like an enigmatic host or someone actually there i think so yeah, uh, have that, you ever watched millionaire matchmaker no <sighs> patty stanger the the host the it's it's a reality show about she's a matchmaker who matches up she's a real person has a real business who matches up millionaires like that's what she does. She finds partners for millionaires, and she literally ends every, pretty much every episode by screaming at them. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Like it's so good. She's phenomenal talent. There was no talent in this show either. Right. I think so, what I liked about it, and it's it's completely gimmicky, was I just really wanted to see what everyone looked like. That's the only reason you're there, though. Really. Yeah. It's yeah. like you just want to see because the prosthetics are really good. Mm. Um, and you're interested. And what I found interesting about the prosthetics is that like you honestly are surprised by what they look like. Like, they really do make but them look- I could tell- Could you not tell exactly what race everybody was? You could probably tell what race- You could tell yeah. what race they were, but I, I still had no idea what their face was actually going to look like. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I found some people's faces, I was like, either they were, like, awkwardly ugly or, like, <laughs> like beautiful or just not what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, Some of the funniest- The first one- um, do you remember the first guy with all the hair? Oh, yeah, that was... A- Me and Angus were watching, like, oh, my God. Because it was just so, like, the girl was beautiful and, like... Yeah, she was really beautiful. And the guy comes out and it's like, oh. 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 <laughs> and there's so many parts. I love when some of the people are, like, someone comes out and it's like, oh, they're, they're like, fully not very hot. And they just go, you're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> It's I feel evil laughing at this stuff, but it honestly makes me laugh. Um, so I enjoyed the that the unmasking. Um, yeah. One thing I did want to say, and I did I've said this to you, but what I found a bit funny and like unfair about it is that in two of the 
separate because you've got these different groups of people in every episode in in two of them there were three groups of women sorry three women who were like being chosen from by that a man pool, or, by yeah. a man and one of them in the first group is a zombie with like full blood oh. coming off her face and like gore like just bits of hair you know she looks bored with bits of I hair wrote green. why is that woman dressed as an open wound she literally <laughs> looks like an open wound and then in another one, the woman is like a witch with like warts all over her face. And I was just like, the others are dressed up as like, you know, pretty dinosaurs or birds yeah. or whatever. And it's like, or like a mouse or, a mouse, you know, you know kind of, yeah. some of them are dressed up fully bald with open gaping wounds on their face. It's like, okay, <laughs> I get that seems like that's a little bit unfair unless we're all going to be have gaping wounds. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's fair to like make a, a bird go up against a a wound so. yeah no, it was it was yeah it was odd yeah. i was wondering where the inspiration came for the many of the, the masks and they were they were so finely detailed like hair very small amounts of hair they're very they really put a lot of effort into they it. did although um, they kind of like the rest of the body is it looks like the people get to choose their outfits themselves oh they um, they definitely are they did yeah. because i was like why is everyone dressed so poorly like i really would just like everyone but, dre- yeah. to be dressed better well i think all um, the budget for the show went to the prosthetics which is right. evident by the rest of the show yes that's um, true um, i found I did also- oh sorry go ahead go ahead mm-hmm. um i was just i just wrote down americans are so horny and full-on who yeah who is that desperate to kiss after literally realistically they would have spent less than 30 minutes together because of production breaks and like producing they right. aren't actually having these like they're not on these big romantic dates there's a full camera crew around you so right. you really aren't getting to know someone that right. well right um one day also, how could they be that desperate to kiss each other? People moving like beaver teeth out of the way to try. It was absurd and embarrassing. In the first episode, I think that guy was just a freak. Like, yeah, I, think that's, I think that's the only explanation. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why they ended up kissing. Because it was very like, why do they need to kiss? Because surely you so just wait on. until there's not like fur and like oh. a fake mouth in the way. Because most of them have fake mouths. Yeah. Um. So... The panda also. Oh, she was. That's as far as I got. Her episode, I had to turn you that off. You stopped watching. <laughs> I couldn't. The do panda it. was literally like, I was sitting there like, oh. It was this woman who is like from Jersey. Um, she just was like real. The, the, one of the guys so intense. So intense like, um, described her. A guy asked her what her friends described her as, and she said a psychopath. And it's pretty accurate. To be she wanted she to get lying. married like immediately and was saying that to all the guys one of the guys literally whooped when she evicted him which mind you i thought was really mean um yeah. but also it was like he was like yeah i just really didn't want to go on another day with her i was like oh anyway fair enough um yeah it was uh i struggled yeah so, so you yeah. move on yeah let's move on okay um we're playing how much would i have to pay you um, this episode should segment. be. Re- I'm, I know we're not meant to do this in episode, but this yeah. episode should be recorded from sexy beast manner. Yeah, it should be. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to go? You can go. Okay. How much would I have to pay you to go into the manhole of your house and crawl around up there for ten minutes? Well, I, I'm in an apartment building, so I know, what's the manhole? The manhole's like every house or apartment, yours will have one, has a manhole, which is like a very small like thing that electricians sometimes have to go into to like access things. Basically, it's just full of spiders and it's dark and you have How big is a it? S- small space that you have to go in. It's like to 
picture like crawling in an air vent, but like I don't. It's a manhole. Like I don't know what else to what two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars to crawl around up in the spider infested manhole area. I've done shit like that. I once saved my cat because I had to go into someone's house. Under a house is different. I'd do it for like $200. Depending on how it's been raised. I'd just have stumped. to crawl around up there. It'd be fine. $200 to go in the manhole. Yeah. I would projectile vomit everywhere, putting my head up into the manhole. I'd can I like put it? Can I put like a. Can I just wear full. Can I put a wear a mask, face mask? I guess so, but the spiders are still there. Okay, like $300? I don't know. Like, I do a. I. I I can't I'd probably just do it out of curiosity. I don't know. Okay. I, I just don't. I'm not. Okay. okay. Um. So let's move on. How much would I have to pay you to go on Sexy Beasts? <laughs> Once again, I've like a family that loves and cares about me, um, and I have some respect for them. So probably like a, at least a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. What? I gave you ten grand. You wouldn't just go on Sexy no. Beasts. No, but you wouldn't even have to do anything after. You have to date the person. You just have to go on the show. Ten grand. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd do it for ten grand. Twenty. No. Thirty. No, I wouldn't do it for thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> I would not do it. I'd do it. Um, okay, okay, your turn. How much would I have to pay you to chew with your mouth open every time you're eating in the presence of someone else? Can I like cover my mouth? Uh, cover my mouth with my hand? Uh, no, like you. Uh, think that that way of chewing is like normal that's just how you chew for i'll give you like say for a year because it's out of control to do it for your whole life (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um oh and i can't i have to just fully be like you're yeah you're a person that chews in your mouth open i do it for it's really hard i do it for 50 grand yeah fair enough Maybe thirty or thirty grand, like between thirty and fifty grand, we'd have to barter a bit. It'd have to be enough for me to like. I can put that towards a house deposit. Or I can invest it, and you know. Okay. At work. <laughs> oh no, but that's fine because I don't really like. I can just sit at work and yeah. just like not look at anyone and yeah. just do that. <laughs> okay, how much would I have to pay you to get like one a dog that has Oodle in the name? And I have to have it for its entire life. Like, I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. From puppy to death. Death. I don't. Like, I hate them. Uh, (laughs) It'd have to be, like. And you have to look after it properly, too. You can't just be, like, put it in a room. (laughs) It'd have to be upwards of, like, $250,000. Because. Or maybe it would have, have to cuff, cover the vet costs. Cover the, it would have to cover all the costs of its food as well. Right. And every every cost. And I need to make something on the top of that for, yeah. for looking at it every day. So And uh, it like wanting pats. Oh, yuck. <laughs> I wouldn't walk it. No way. <laughs> no, you have to. Like it's that's part it's of the agreement. Is you, have, then. you have to like fully look Can after it. Can I rehome it? it? No, you have to like fully look after it from, from birth to death. You have to like bir- you have to be the midwife. <laughs> Of the whole litter. <laughs> yeah, $250,000. Because, like, any dog you do end up loving if you spend enough time with it. I agree. Um, but I would never want it, and it would be a huge burden on my life for literally no reward. 
So yeah, yeah. Um, I saw. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm interrupting yeah. you, but I I was thinking about perhaps starting to foster because I obviously want to. Oh dog, yeah, we did like, that with Alfie. We, we oh not with Alfie. We uh, before we got Alfie. Before I got Alfie, I would you know mind other dogs. Yeah, fostering I guess is more probably more like. Oh yeah, well, responsibility because you have was, to like yeah. But and I I was like I don't know if you get to choose the dogs. So I was like looking at some of the dogs. I was like oh cute like a greyhound or whatever. And then I saw one that's like one of those white fluffy things and it just fully had stains all over its mouth and face well, and i was yeah. like what happens if i get that yeah well you probably would <laughs> so i'm like maybe i don't we'll do stop. what we did which is when um me and my sister used to like there's a website you can sign up to and mind people's dogs and they go away maybe i just need a dog mind that, that's, that's a good idea did. yeah and then you can say no and anytime an ugly dog would come up we'd say no <laughs> I can't. All right, you're too. Okay. So, how much would I have to pay you to always wear open toed shoes, even in the dead of winter or on a run or to work where it was kind of weird and didn't match the rest of your outfit? Can I wear like runners and just cut the toes off? No, like you have to wear open toed shoes. You can't so, what am like I going to wear running? Open toed shoes. I'm going to Google if you can get like open toe runners. Probably. There's probably people with like foot funguses out there that need something like that. Um, like it's not necessarily going to be practical. <laughs> I've found something so much. I'm sending you a picture and people listening like, oh. Um, yeah, you can get open toe runners. They're very funny. Um, how long do I have to do it for? I don't know, your whole life. No, okay, a year. What would a year of just open toe shoe? No, a year's not long enough because that's kind of like maybe five years. There are some open toe sneakers that aren't that fugly. Yeah, I, okay. But what's your answer? How how many years? Sorry, did you say five? Five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, how much would I have to pay you to change all of your black clothing? to bright yeah. yellow for the rest of your life. So anything that you would typically buy in black and anything you currently have in black has to be bright yellow. So I can never have black. No, it's bright yellow. And like you I have to replace have... your entire wardrobe of black things with bright yellow and you have to wear them. I've just added this as a rule. But yeah, you have this to is wear ridiculous. Them. You can't add that as a rule. They have to wear them as You have to wear them black. as you would wear black clothes. Yes, it's part of the thing. Can I buy bright dark yellow. navy blue? No, bright yellow, I said. Yeah, but can I buy continue to buy clothes, other clothes? Yes, I can. Yeah, you so, can. Um, but, like, you have to wear the yellow. As you, like, right now you're wearing a black hoodie, right? Like, yeah. you have to still – there's a certain percentage of the time that you would spend wearing black clothing has to be replaced by yellow. It's hypothetical. It's hard to quantify. Um, but, like, how much of the time do you reckon you wear black clothing? I wear black almost every day. That all has to be replaced by bright um, yellow. Uh, in fact, I would wear black every day, I would say. Okay, all of that, bright yellow. My shoes? You can have black shoes. For the rest of my life. Yep. <laughs> $50 million. Like, there's no number you can put on that. <laughs> you wouldn't to put, never like, wear black. $10 million. If I said $10 million in cash for you, it's been clean, it's been laundered, um, you can have it. But Do you I have just to pay have... tax on it? Nah. Ten grand, it's yours. Ten grand, no. A uh, ten million. <laughs> sorry, sorry, um, sorry. Um, but that's like till I'm like presumably I don't know thirty one when I plan to die. Um, yeah, but, exactly. Uh, no, the old no, but, ripe old age of thirty one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think 
I, I think it would have to be over $10 million, to be honest. It would just be such a burden on your life. Um, but I suppose if we could wear dark navy and stuff, yeah, maybe then I would, would do that for $10 million and I would just never wear my clothes that I own again. Okay. So there we go. Okay. Um, is that it? Cool. That's it. That's, That's that. the podcast. I wanted to say a few things because mm. um, as Angus, my boyfriend, told me a while ago, we need to do more calls to action. So my calls to action if you like our podcast, you should tell your friends um, to yep. listen to it because a lot of people who have told their friends to listen to our podcast have actually become avid fans. So you should tell your friends. It really helps us. If you haven't reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, you should also do that because that also really helps us and helps more people find us. Share us on social media. Follow us on social media. Um, that's it. Also, to show that you listened this far into the episode on the new post that I'll be doing tonight, comment. Um ring light that's the comment sorry cool. it's the first thing i saw um that's it cool nice sounds thank sounds you for good. listening as always everyone thanks everybody bye bye, bye.